Hello and welcome to Startup Laurier's podcast, The Startup Scoop. If you're taking the time to listen to this, it means that you're serious about succeeding as an entrepreneur or looking to get ahead in whatever your chosen domain may be. If that's the case, it's a good thing you're here because this show will feature prominent entrepreneurs and business people giving you the scoop on how they know to succeed based on their own experiences and expertise. My name is Ben Brophy. I am joined by Tabitha Reggie, and we are the co-presidents of Startup Laurier, a club on campus on a mission to empower entrepreneurs and also your co-host for the day. In the time of COVID, we decided to start this podcast so you can keep learning and becoming the best version of yourself, even if that isn't in person. So without further ado, we'll kick off episode four by passing it to Tabitha to introduce our guest. Today's guest is currently in her fourth year of applied human nutrition and is the founder of a Canadian e-commerce startup on a mission to create a more sustainable future. It's, uh, it all started when she realized just how much single-use plastic waste came from her favorite drink. After extensive research, she could not find many sustainable alternatives, and during the summer of 2019, in her second year of university, she started her own reusable bubble tea cups company. Today, we are thrilled to be joined by Toby Zhao, the founder of Tea Cups. Toby, thank you for joining us. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Oh, you're welcome. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Excited to have you, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. to kick things off, for those people who don't know what Reti is or like aren't very familiar with bubble tea, do you just kind of give a quick rundown of what it is, but more importantly, why you started Reti? Mm-hmm. So Tabitha actually did a really good job. I mean, it's from the About Us page on their website. Um, <laughs> basically, our company started off with just selling reusable bubble tea cups they're glass mason jars or cups that actually came from like a little DIY project that I have. Um, so yeah, I, well, before COVID, you could take these cups um, to like all bubble tea shops and get them filled there. So you can eliminate all the single use plastics that you normally get after like five, 10 minutes of drinking. So that's what started off this entire company. Um, to answer your question about the reasoning be- behind starting Reti, um, I would say ever since I was in high school, I was always more conscious about my carbon or eco footprint. Um, I always loved bubble tea, but I hated all the trash that came with it. I really loved anything that was eco-friendly, like any reusable bottle, cups, I had it, but I did have one for bubble tea, which is what I actually drank almost like multiple times a week with my friends. (laughs) It was really bad. And so that was the problem. Like there were no reusable or sustainable options when it came to drinking bubble tea. I would say when I first started last year, maybe reusable straws were just coming popular from Cha Chime, but that was like the best option that was out there at the time. So everything really started by accident like I didn't intend to make a business out of it it was something that just sort of happened I made one for myself and I just posted it on my Instagram story and then it sort of went from there I had a lot of positive feedback nice 
Um, I definitely can relate to the waste created by bubble tea, especially living in Waterloo. Like we, my friends and I, we always hit up a new place every, (laughs) literally every other day, like we'll Google Maps and then, uh, especially in the the winter, I don't know why we go so often in the winter, but like trudging through the slush. Yeah. Yeah, you're like, (laughs) there's no bubble tea, like, well, last year there was no bubble tea shops in Guelph, actually, so, okay. I mean, I guess that forcefully made me drink less bubble tea. (laughs) Okay, nice. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, my friends and I actually, in first year, we drove all the way to Waterloo just to get bubble tea. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Like, there's, like, none in Guelph, like, at all? There, besides, like, those ones from like Chinese takeout restaurants yeah no but they did open up a cha time so okay yeah I was uh I was on your website yesterday because um Mm -hmm. so all my friends have have your product the the original and and I just haven't gotten around to it yet but I was on your site yesterday looking at it and um our two friends on our team actually Elaine and Justine um Mm -hmm. they're avid every meeting we always see them with their with their (laughs) re-tea cups so I love it getting there (laughs) yeah it's weird just it's weird that so many people have the cups I see it like go out but seeing it like seeing when people are like oh I know Reti cups or like mutuals and mutuals know it it's yeah. it's crazy to me <laughs> yeah yeah so what you've done is pretty cool and like but a lot of people who want not even just students just people in general who want to start a business don't mm-hmm. know how to like you know get it off the ground and actually get started so could you like walk us through Riti's journey of from like ideation to actually hitting the market and like specifically how you found a supplier and how you got the design, like how you went about funding it and stuff like that? Yeah. So it's funny enough because I was never into business. Like I never took business in high school or university. I'm not a business major. So I'm on the same boat or I was on the same boat when I had no idea how to start and I think that's pretty like it's a common misconception that you have to have like a perfect plan to be able to start a business but in reality you don't have to spend like thousands of dollars to start a business I mean for some products you might have to but for me I would find ways to like start the business at a low cost so with that meaning like I got like my items from like Amazon I started off buying my straws from Amazon at small quantities like in packs of four um I bought like jars from like Walmart or Canadian Tire so I didn't really have to invest a lot of money at once to get this started like there's a lot of ways where you can find local like small suppliers that will do like small order quantities so I would say I was lucky enough to be able to not invest like a thousand, like thousands of dollars. Um, in terms of getting a supplier, I got like I said in the beginning, I just started like getting things from Canadian Tire or Amazon. Um, but as quantities increased, I actually looked on like AliExpress or Alibaba, so getting things from overseas, and I was really lucky to find good suppliers that I still work with today from last year when I started. So yeah, I feel like it's really easy to build relationships, especially on websites like Alibaba and AliExpress. The logo and 
name and everything, we did design. So the logos that you see on the cups today is actually yeah. still, it's still a DIY thing. <laughs> I actually hand make all of them, so. Oh, wow. wow. Nice. Your, your logos, like, I love them. I think it looks I so know. nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of planning that went into that. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's really good. I like, yeah. it stands out. And even like, if it said something different, I'd still recognize it as, as like the retief, right? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. if the word said something completely different. Yeah. Um, we've had yeah. people ask custom orders to make the retief logo their name. Yeah. So instead of retief cups, it'd be like Tara. Right. It just really like the logo. So yeah, I'm very glad that we decided on that one because we had a bunch of logos to choose from. And looking back at it now, it's pretty funny because I'm like, oh, I'm glad I didn't choose that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I guess building off of that. Mm -hmm. um, so how do you go about like marketing your sustainable product? And like, do you have any advice for people looking to to sell a sustainable product? And something that we notice is that a lot of people are always like showing off their reti orders and posting stories and videos. Um, so like, what has this kind of support meant to you? And how has it played into the marketing of your brand? Okay, um, I'll start from the beginning. So in terms of how we market our sustainable product, I would say this also goes for um, items that aren't sustainable, okay. uh, which is basically we heavily rely on social media marketing. Uh, yeah, since day one, we when we first started, we had all our friends, like everyone we knew repost all our posts on their stories, social media, just for more exposure. Um, we still, like Instagram is still our number one platform that we use. Uh, we started playing more with Instagram ads and stuff like that and Facebook ads. Um, I would say if you can take nice photos and use hashtags, engage with followers. And like I said before, have all your friends repost and share. So I'm lucky enough to have one of my close friends be our co-director, Alvin and Louise. Um, they've been there since day one. We, I would say our brand, we're always complimented and known for our aesthetics, our photos and our illustrations. So we heavily market all of that, <laughs> especially since we're in such a niche market, especially a year ago it wasn't like a super saturated market like being like if we're selling scrunchies or clothing or anything like that so it was a really new product at the time and we received a lot of support for it so naturally a lot of people shared our right. posts yeah yeah, yeah so social media is is a powerful outlet <laughs> <laughs> definitely I was, gonna, I was gonna ask more about that too so you said that you were it was a lot of it came from like you're like the reti account then all people are sharing on their stories and stuff like that and like mm -hmm. you know taking you guys but you're also experimenting with like instagram facebook ads mm -hmm. did has one of those channels like one of those methods like really outperformed the others uh and if so do you know why that is honestly i'm still learning so i don't really know how instagram <laughs> ads work that well i would say we haven't really done facebook ads too much because Instagram has just been doing really well for us. Um, I think we're also looking into doing Google ads, but one step at a time. Um, 
Yeah, I would say Instagram ads, I just try different, um, different posts, ones that have higher engagement and targeting because you can set what provinces or countries you want your ad to target. So choosing like all, at first I started with just Canada and I realized that wasn't really helpful because Canada is so big and not everyone drinks bubble tea, especially those who drink bubble tea and those who want to be sustainable. So I ended up just doing all the major cities in each province. And through time, we can see the analytics for the success of the ads. Are, we're primarily focused on Ontario and Quebec. Right. Nice. What's, I think like what's really powerful about your Instagram presence and just like the overall way you um, portray your brand is that it's almost like a lifestyle, like a lifestyle, like product, right? Like you incorporate it into um, your everyday and like all the stories and videos of people like making their DIY bubble bubble tea kits. Like I think that's, that's so awesome because it's just, they're, taking out something that they use every day, like all these plastic cups and just integrating it. And so your social media almost like portrays how easy it is to choose Riti over, over mm-hmm. like the plastic uh, decision or choice that people make. So, uh, and, and it's very aesthetic too. So yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Have you um, run into any, or did you experience, or was it a hardship for you figuring out shipping? Um, because oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Do you want to tell us about, or yeah, yeah do you want to tell us a little bit about um, what you learned about like shipping as a small business owner and uh, what mistakes you made and kind of what you've learned now and any advice you have for, for people trying to figure out how to ship product? Yeah. I mean, shipping wasn't the only thing that we struggled with. It took us about a year actually to figure out um, shipping and this whole e-commerce thing. When we first started Actually, yeah, for a year, we took all our orders through a Google form. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, it was for a year. Now that I think back, and I'm like, why did I, why did I wait so long? Um, yeah, we did a Google form. So whenever someone entered um, an order, I would see it. Like, I, there was a lot of things that I had to learn. When I first started, I didn't even know how to make a Google form. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I had, to, like, every time someone orders, I have to, like, text them, um, figure out a time to meet with them, right. uh, a pickup location. So this is not about shipping yet, but it's just one of the challenges that I had was it was just being organized. So there were, like, a few meetup spots that we had around the GTA. And then I would be doing most of the meetups with people. So the challenge was being organized and having to meet with everyone took a lot of time out of my day, especially since I'm driving everywhere. And since I didn't have a structure of how I met with people, I'd be driving like from like North York to Richmond Hill and to like Markham. And it was, it just wasn't efficient at all. That was a challenge I struggled with. Um, With shipping, it was a struggle because we could have gone an easy route and got like plastic bubble wrap and stuff like that, but that isn't part of our brand. And we already knew people would be really mad at us if we, if our objective is to reduce single use plastics and we ship with single use plastics, especially since our cups are glass. 
Um, so it took a while figuring out shipping because we didn't have shipping figured out. We couldn't move on to an e-commerce website. Right. Uh, yeah. So we ended up figuring out with that. I had help from a friend. Um, we basically use, <clears throat> we basically use like comp- compostable peanuts okay. and craft paper and yep. craft tape. Um, now that I'm looking back at it again, another thing I learned, it was that it was pretty simple, but we were overcomplicating everything. And yeah, so it's just looking back in hindsight, there's a lot of things that I would tell my past self that's not as hard as you think. And we waited over like almost a year to do all of this. Um, and glass is heavy. So sure. shipping, yeah. shipping prices, that was a huge thing too, mm-hmm. because it's just so expensive. And we, even to this day, we still absorb some of the shipping costs. Oh, so see. the customers don't have to pay all of it. Okay. Uh, that's something we're still learning too. One of the things that I struggled with was sort of knowing our value and knowing what we're worth because before our prices were a lot lower and as I was getting more busy, I kept refusing to raise the price or like I was always scared that people wouldn't purchase our products if it was too expensive or shipping was too expensive. But now that I'm learning that people are making their purchases and they're willing to pay. It makes me feel more confident in the decisions that I make. Does that make sense? sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And another thing that I struggled with that was a challenge are finances. So I've never taken anything finance related ever. So figuring out like, manage my money I'm still learning people ask me how I do it I'm like I don't really know I just it's a day-by-day thing yeah it's not perfect I'm still definitely making mistakes um like ordering supplies there are times where I didn't order enough and I'd just be waiting on a shipment especially if it's coming from um overseas right shipping is unpredictable it could take like a month or over a month yeah, like inventory is a, another challenge in itself that I'm still figuring out. Like one of the challenges I'm facing right now is actually, I don't know if you know, but there's like this whole mason jar shortage. Like everyone's canning. I think from so. The yeah, yeah, I know talking People about. are making sauces yeah. and stuff like that. Tomato so. sauces, yeah. yeah I, <laughs> like, <laughs> I still get my cups from like in small quantities, like from Canadian Tire and stuff like that. So I usually... I usually like go get more when I need it. So I didn't even realize there was a shortage. So when I went to go buy more, there was none. And I was like, but I have no cups. And then they're like saying, oh, they're restocking like mid and November. I was like, excuse me. (laughs) So yeah, it was like a whole thing. I had to find another alternative um, company that sells the exact jars that I need that increased my cost by a lot. But it's just a learning process. Like I did not expect this at all. And I guess just having plan B or C in case something doesn't go the way you want it to would be an advice 
that I would tell everyone that I'm still telling myself because I just learned from that mistake. <laughs> yeah. Um, before we go on to our next question, uh -huh. uh, what impact has COVID, so like since February, March, had on your business to date? Like overall, good, bad? Um, I would say it started off bad. Okay. Because we ran everything through meetups. Oh, it, well, you didn't have your website up this year yet either? No, we actually oh, when was did your... In June, actually. Oh, okay. June I didn't 1st. know that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so we started last last year in June. So like I said before, it was a, year, a full year that we did our sales through Google okay. Forms. Yeah, so it, so our company primarily like ran through meetups, people meeting face-to-face. -face. Mm -hmm. um, so once COVID hit and we couldn't do those anymore, we had to figure okay. out a way. Yeah, we had to pivot. Um, we did offer like curbside pickup for a bit, but that was only limited to one location in Markham and like maybe one in Guelph. But then that like only narrows down everyone who can buy one. So, so I would say for about uh, like a month or two, our sales like dramatically decreased. And that's also because um, bubble tea shops and just coffee shops in general, they weren't taking reusable cups anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then the way we were marketing our product was that you can bring these to bubble tea shops, get it filled there, and you wouldn't have to use single-use plastics. But then that didn't really matter anymore because people aren't taking their cups out. So that impacted us a lot. So for a few months, up until we were working on our e-commerce website, it was pretty dead, I would say, which was, uh, it was sort of discouraging, but at the same time, it also pushed me to finally work on um, creating sustainable shipping options and packaging and stuff like that. I, if that didn't happen, I don't know how long <laughs> I would have dragged it on for more. Um, yeah, so, once we figured out this e-commerce shipping thing, we decided that we had to sort of change our brand, not branding. Um, so I'm still new with these business terms. I <laughs> no, okay. Are you saying like your, your, like your strategy and how you like, market the product because yes. you can't go in and store? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. We, we were marketing more as um, instead of taking these out to go to make your own drinks at home. Yeah. And then I would say there was a moment for the first few months where nobody really knew what to do where everything was so new, everyone's going like crazy with getting like toilet paper and stuff. They didn't really care about getting a reusable cup. They're like, why do we need to get this reusable bubble tea cup when the world is like ending? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, so then we decided to introduce a new line of products, which is, which are our DIY bubble tea yes. kits and our tea Reese gift sets. So we actually just introduced that in August. So it's still fairly new. Um, yeah, but we changed it from more of taking it to a bubble tea shop to making your own bubble tea at home. Yeah. Yeah. And once yeah, and once everything settled down and people are getting more used to this new lifestyle, they're more open to getting 
our reusable cups and making bubble tea at home. Yeah, that's actually like super smart because like when quarantine started, we were all hopping on that like make your own like coffee trend. Yeah, at the Dalgona coffee. <laughs> yeah, so so you basically did that, but like for the bubble tea community, basically. So so yeah. I, I think that's that's really cool that you pivoted that way. Yeah, it took a while to figure everything out, but. It was a good decision because we have had a lot of positive responses from everyone. Yeah. All the business kids listening to this are probably like, damn, why, why didn't I think of that? Because like, <laughs> the perfect pivot that you learned about in class. But then, yeah. <laughs> um, Honestly, you, it's hard to apply things you learn from class just from the textbook until you actually experience it. Right. right. Yeah, because it sounds yeah. like from what you've been saying that, you know, you've made a lot of good decisions, but a lot of it is stemmed from just like getting in there and doing it versus because mm-hmm. obviously like you're not even in a business program, like you're not learning any of the stuff in class. It's all by experience. Yeah. Well, I actually declared my minor in marketing a few months nice. ago. So oh. I am taking a few marketing courses now, mm-hmm. um, which is more relevant to me now, I guess. <laughs> There's some courses that I can't really apply to, like taking economics or something. That was a really... Oof. Uh, <laughs> ben and I hate economics. <laughs> <laughs> we hate it. We have to do it for two years, right? First year and second mm-hmm. year. Not our, not our forte. Yeah. No, I just dropped an econ yeah. class, so I don't <laughs> Not mine. Not mine either. <laughs> yeah. Um, just interesting comment I wanted to add like sometimes I I find that like through business school like I'll learn about something and then it makes me almost more scared or makes me second guess myself because you learn about it in school and you're like oh shit like the idea I have goes against what I learned in school like principles or diagrams or whatnot and then I'm like crap and sometimes I almost wish that I I wasn't in business school which is crazy (laughs) because I don't know what other school I'd be at um but I definitely like you know, like I'll remember something and I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> that's not what we learned, <laughs> right? Kind of thing. I feel like so. business school or business courses complicate a lot of things and makes you feel like you have to have the perfect strategy, the perfect plan before you start anything. And it's really intimidating. Yeah. I would say, I guess I'm lucky that I hadn't, <laughs> I didn't know what anything, I didn't know anything when I started. I didn't expect it. I didn't expect to take it to where it is now when I first started. It just started off as like a side, a side hustle. <laughs> right, right. As I would say, yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of side hustles though, so you know, you're you're doing read team, that's not the only thing you're doing. You're also a full-time student and you're doing other stuff at school too. Like you were saying that you're on the council for your program and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So you know, how do you find the time to balance all those things, like being a student and running a business. Uh, and what are some challenges you found there and how have you addressed them? When people ask me that, how do you do it? I'm honestly like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like just honestly, I, it goes by like the week or the month, um, depending on my schedule with school and stuff like that. Now with COVID and everything being online, that has helped a lot because I'm just at home and I'm able to do work on my own time. But when I actually started last year, I was able to clump all my classes together in like three consecutive days. So for both semesters, I had like class 
from Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Mm -hmm. So I'd be in Guelph then. And then the rest of the week, I'd come home to Markham to do school. And then I would choose online courses whenever I, like, whenever I could. So it was just easier for me to manage. In terms of how I did it, I honestly would say I did prioritize Riti over school a lot. <laughs> um, I'm not perfect, so it was it was definitely hard because I wouldn't say I necessarily enjoy being in my program a lot. Right. That was also something I struggled with in first and second year. I was, it was more of like, am I in the right program? I don't really like it that much. I was just really lost. So it's hard balancing something when like Richie is like this new business, it's doing really well. I'm having fun doing it. I'm willing to put in hours of work into it. But when it comes to school or schoolwork, it's hard to make a balance. If I have to be honest, I would like yeah. to say I'm a good scholar and doing really well in school. I'm not doing bad, but okay. I'm, I don't know where we're going. I, no, I, I think that makes sense. Like you could be doing better, but like you're doing the best you can while running your business, which makes total yeah. sense. <laughs> we support it. Yeah. Interesting actually, because three of our four guests have been student entrepreneurs on this show. Mm -hmm. And we've asked all of them, like, how do you balance like school and like a business? And they've all had almost the exact same answer. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know. And the interesting thing was our very first guest, Lauren D'Souza, she, mm -hmm also did what you did were clumping all of her classes monday to wednesday mm -hmm. and then worked like did everything she could like the one block of time and then worked on her business for the rest of the time mm -hmm. so it's kind of interesting to see those commonalities and also hearing everybody say that i don't really know how i do it i think everyone's looking for you know that magic bullet where it's like mm -hmm. oh yeah the secrets of running a business in school is like you know working the business from 7 a.m to 10 a.m and then do school the rest of the day <laughs> yeah. yeah it's not not quite that simple <laughs> Yeah, I've learned to just sort of go with the flow, adjust to what assignments and deadlines that I have in that specific time period. Obviously, if I have more assignments in midterms, I will prioritize that. Um, but it's really just like a day-to-day -day thing. There's no perfect equation to be able to balance everything. And there's there are some times where like, Riti was picking up. I had a lot of orders to fulfill. We had like events. I need plan for that. So in the beginning, what it did reflect on my school ethics or work quite a bit. Um, I just wasn't putting as much effort into it. And for like a small amount of time, I guess I would say uh, I got, I'm going to say a little too confident, but I'm like, oh, like Riti, I'm going to focus focus on it and then that's going to be my main priority but then I also need to finish school um yeah for a short amount of time my dad wasn't really support supportive of me because he thought I was gonna drop out <laughs> but I, I'm not I'm almost done yeah you're almost done how many do you have two more semesters including this one one oh yeah two more two more nice it's interesting to hear like that uh, your, your, dad, your dad's perspective on it too because Lauren who I just mentioned her yeah. parents also struggled with like her yeah. starting business because they were like you need to do better in school not do this business and uh, mm -hmm. so like, I, I know that's kind of personal but like if you want to touch on like some of the struggles of 
you know, being starting that business when you're young, whether it be from your family's perspective and, or your friends and like peers, like views on your business. Uh, because, you know, sometimes people aren't taken seriously because of their age, whether it be old or in our case, young. Uh, so, you know, any facet or challenge that you face because of your age and kind of how you overcame that? Um, so in terms of age, I would say with family, overall, they have been really supportive. Um, my mom, she actually has her own business too. Like she owns a little salon. So she knows the hardships that come with that. So she, she wasn't disapproving, but she knew it w I spent a lot of time. It's a hard work. Um, my dad, he's very supportive now. He's always asking how he could help. Um, I think he was just worried because I did previously, I was, I did express a lot of concern about not liking my program, wanting to switch programs, switching schools. So I think he was just sort of worried. I mean, he was, he was just worried that I wasn't going to finish school. He's just like, you just need to graduate, get your degree, then you can do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. So he's supportive. Um, in terms of with strangers, I would say for the most part, it's, it's all the positive responses. I would say because we are a student-run business, that makes people more impressed <laughs> with us. Um, not saying like they don't take us seriously. I think it's because I just haven't had enough interactions with maybe um, reaching out to businesses and stuff like that. We're still very small, I would say. Um, but even with our, when we reached out to our tea supplier over the summer, we explained that we're a student-run company and we're looking to get teas. They actually gave us an additional discount on their wholesale prices because we were students. So I would say so far, we haven't had too many barriers in terms of age. Um, I do put some, I do have some barriers that I've put on myself sometimes. Like I just with confidence. Um, so I find that I lose my confidence a lot when I talk to older people in real life, when they ask me what I'm doing, what are my plans. I like just get sort of stuck. I like just for like that second, I just blank out. <laughs> so that's something I'm still learning. Um, most of the stuff that I do now, I work on my own or work with um, my small team. So I don't really have the many opportunities to network like a lot of business students are. <laughs> especially especially like with COVID and everything you don't really meet that many people um in real life anymore so I still need to practice giving like a pitch or just explaining what the business is but that's something that takes learning over time is that your, I still uh, have not <laughs> sorry uh, oh no just quick question about um like pitching and stuff so your business the way it I don't know how to ask, you don't have to tell us, but I was just wondering, mm -hmm. like, so do you generate your revenue or profits and then you use it to fuel your next purchases or are you, do you yeah. do external stuff to raise money to, to run your ET? So everything I've actually gone, I haven't gone any funding for the business. 
Um, everything came out of my own pocket. Um, like I said in the beginning, I started everything with small purchases. So I didn't have to invest a lot of money at once. So all the money that I'm making now goes like directly back into the business. Obviously, there is still some that I take out for spending money, but for the most part, I'm always putting more money into the business. Nice. Um, and I guess with that note, um, so since you've built B, uh, RET and you're here now, um, where do you see yourself taking it for the next couple of months or for the next year? Um, for the next year, I just plan on, because um, the tea, bubble tea kit is still fairly new, I still plan on just working on that, fulfilling orders, especially in the next month or two of the holiday season right. so just really preparing for all of the gift shopping stuff like that um we do have a few new items that we're looking to introduce so we're going to work on that um that's for the short-term goal um long-term goal after I graduate I do plan on working on repeat full-time nice Nice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I guess after graduate, I do plan on working on RET for like on an e-commerce level for the okay. next year or two. Um, this is something that I still need to revisit, like doing my long-term goal, short-term goals, and possibly rebranding or repositioning. That's something that I need to look into. Um, but long-term goal, I the idea of opening a storefront is something that I'm looking into. As well. Do it in Waterloo if you do it. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I'd be doing it in Markham. Yeah. Oh, Markham, fair. That's yeah. fair. Yeah, your second location could be in Waterloo. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd do well there. Yeah, you would. You would. Oh, we love it. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of saving up, uh, a lot of organizing and planning, because. I'm still a little disorganized right now, especially with my finances. So that's yes. the goal. Yeah. Like opening well, like a little cafe or a bubble tea shop. Nice. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess to end off, mm -hmm. we wanted to ask you a couple lightning round uh, questions. Um, so you just have to give us like one word to a couple sentences. Um, or no, sorry, one word to a sentence. If you feel that if you want to go on a little bit more, you can. We're not limiting anything. <laughs> one word to a sentence is enough. Um, so our first question for you is, what's your go-to um, or favorite bubble tea order? Um, it changes okay. <laughs> depending on the season. Um, now that it's becoming like the winter season or I guess fall, it's colder. I like warm bubble tea. Okay. I don't know if you had warm bubble okay. tea. Like warm milk teas? No, I'm, I'm just in it. sense. It's just, it's just <laughs> all cold stuff in the winter. Yeah, I love warm or hot okay. milk teas in the winter. So just like original milk tea is my go-to. Yeah, when, what do you get in the summer? I really like fruit teas in the summer. Okay. Like light, light yeah. teas. Okay, okay, nice. <laughs> um, and do you add anything besides tapioca? I like adding coconut jelly, coconut jelly to my okay. fruit teas. Yeah. But I'm sort of boring when it comes to my bubble tea. I usually get the same thing. <laughs> okay, okay, nice. No, coconut jelly is good. I really like uh, mm. green apple jelly. Green mm. apple jelly is my favorite. Or like too. pudding. Yeah. Pudding? Oh, yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. 
So uh, what's your, also next question, your favorite thing to do outside of school and reti, like your favorite extracurricular thing? Um, there are two things, especially during quarantine that I've been doing, which is binge watching shows on Netflix. Nice. Um, honestly, that, honestly, that like meshes in with reti because whenever I'm doing like more repetitive things, I have. Netflix opened up while I'm like doing all my work and stuff. Um, if it's not watching shows, I've been really into baking and cooking. So yeah, that's what I've been doing a lot other than reti in school. <laughs> um, our next question for you is, what's the first thing you do in the morning when you wake up? <laughs> I check my phone. <laughs> Fair. Especially, <laughs> yeah, especially since I run the social media account and I get like all the website and Etsy orders on my phone too. Right. That's something like first thing in the morning, like what orders do I have to do today? Like what DMs do I have to answer? Stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, follow up on that one. What's the last thing you do at night? I also check my phone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's always something that I'm planning. Mm -hmm. Like, I just, I've been really, like, even before VT, I was known to always be on my phone, which is so bad. <laughs> I'm one of those people, like, if I'm on my phone and you talk to me, like, I can't hear you. <laughs> it's okay. But yeah, before I go to sleep, I'm looking at my phone. Yeah. I, I don't blame you because, like, I, to be honest, I know that struggle because, like, you can fully run a business, like, from your phone mostly yeah and I, and I for the club like we're always on standby like i know like, it's like customer service in the morning at night <laughs> yeah pretty much i go to bed early and like so when i wake up i miss a bunch of messages so i gotta go check all the messages yeah. and tweet goes get to bed later so she's gotta do the opposite of me like <laughs> yeah <laughs> later. yeah so. yeah we we tag team it. Um, no, we know what you mean. I have you tried to do anything to kind of um, like? Oh no, you have to check your phone. You have like a pretty good reason though to check your phone. Um, actually, <laughs> yeah, speaking of know. yeah, I think uh, Ben, this is more for you. But Lauren used to tell me, or when I was in second year, she used to tell me to to put my phone not beside my bedstand to like go put it somewhere I have to get up and physically like walk to it and she's like but you can't do it till you do like drink water do this or that where you're not on your phone first thing in the morning um so so yeah like I it's a work in progress trying to work on it but but no we know what you mean <laughs> the world calls yeah <laughs> it's a struggle <laughs> but at the same time I have had a lot of compliments about your good customer service because I literally replied exactly, you're so fast. yes yeah you just live and breathe re tea. <laughs> That's commitment. Honestly. So, yeah, next up. So, you said you want to, like, be doing re tea, like, full-time after you graduate. If you weren't going to be pursuing this entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial path, what would you be doing instead? Honestly, I don't know. <laughs> Before re tea, I was so lost. I was so lost. I just didn't know what I was doing with myself, what my purpose was in life. So I really, I honestly can't answer that, even though I was in a nutrition program. I don't know if I even would have ended up being like a dietitian or something like that. So I really can't say. Um, I feel like I would have ended up on this path somehow, one way or another. 
Um, and our last question for you, and I think you already kind of answered this, but what's your favorite thing to do on your time off? Um, if it's not baking, watching shows, probably taking naps. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm just all, I'm, not, I'm very tired. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're writing yeah. business doing school. You're allowed to be tired. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think yeah. that's all the questions we've had for you. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really, really, really appreciate it. Yeah. Rita, do you have anything to add on? No, we really appreciate it. Um, I have a tab open with your with your shop, and I was looking at the Don't original. Lie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yesterday, I was showing my brother. I'm like, should I get the the white logo, the black logo, the and then I really like rose gold. But then I'm like, oh, how will the rose gold look with the white? So I was like going over options. Honestly, it's so, a struggle. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't want to sound creepy, but I actually get notifications and oh, I someone yeah. logs into the website. So are you see. are you running it through Shopify? Um, no, we're actually using Wix right now. Wix, okay. I was gonna say for um, Shopify as well, like you can see yeah. um, traffic. So I was like, oh yeah, I was thinking, I'm like, oh no, she's gonna see me as an abandoned checkout, but I don't mean to be an abandoned checkout. Oh no, it's after. fine. Yeah. yeah, we plan on moving to Shopify soon though. Oh, okay. I recommend it. You should, you should. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah it, I guess another mistake, or not mistake, challenge is um, choosing Wix over Shopify. <laughs> Yeah. There are a lot of limitations when it comes to Wix, but um, I would say it's good for beginners. Yeah. It's very affordable compared to Shopify. Um, yeah, but yeah, I did see you sign in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially yeah. since you like you um, submitted like the subscriber form. Right, oh yeah, like so you log on the, the pop-off, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so if you sign up, like normally it's like a visitor, but because you signed up, I could see your name. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at it. So, yeah, but there's some yeah. people that see it, like, that sign in, like, almost, like, every day. <laughs> I just see people, like, stalking and stuff, but. Yeah, 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 yeah no, I think, I think I'm gonna go with the, the white in the original with the rose gold straw. <laughs> and watch me order something completely different. But, but yeah. Well, everything's on pre-order right now, so you have time. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming yeah. on. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. And best yeah. of luck with Riti. Yeah. Thank thanks you. so much, Toby. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah. No thank problem. You so much. Of course. Thank Have you. Fun.